Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of my podcast. In today's episode, we're going to continue the names of God. So in this episode, it will be part two of the names of God. So if you didn't listen to part one, I highly suggest you to listen to part one of the names of God. Um, But in today's podcast, we'll be talking about part two of the names of God. So I have some names that I want to explain and also I will give you some scripture to back it up. Now, before we get started, make sure you have your Bible, make sure you have your pen, your notepads, and big notes. Also, you have your little highlighters to highlight whatever, and we're just going to get right into it. Okay, everyone, so let us get right into this sermon that I will get into. Now, the first um, name that I want to discuss is Jehovah Elohim. Now, Jehovah Elohim means the Lord God of God. Okay, so I want you to write that down. Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God our of God, the Lord God of God. I don't think that the chosen talked about Jehovah Elohim. I'm not so sure, but um, I believe so. I think Giovanni may have talked about Jehovah Elohim. But we're going to turn to Joshua chapter 22, verse 22. So I need you to turn to Joshua chapter 22, verse 22. And I'll be reading from the CBS version, which is my Shiri Bible. Um, I will have the New Living Translation just back to back so you guys can see. So, in the CBS translation, it says, The Mighty One God, the Lord. The Mighty One God, the Lord, He knows and may Israel also know. Do not spare us today if it was in rebellion or treasure or treachery against the Lord. Now, I said that, number one, God is a mighty God. And the Lord is the truth, and is the only truth, nothing else. We must understand that God is mighty, and he is a mighty God. And um, we should know that God is our only source, and he speaks truth. So he is mighty, he speaks truth, and he's the only one, and... He's the only truth. Like, nothing else can help us, basically. And in New Living Translation, if you're curious, it says... It it actually says the same thing. It's the same thing, just like the CBS. um, Because the CBS, aka by Shivi Bible, and the New Living Translation, it kind of has the same thing. So, it's the same thing. So, um... Yes, Jehovah Elohim means the Lord God of God, and God is a mighty God. God is a strong God. 
You know, we are weak, but he is strong. Like, God is mighty. God is not weak. He is mighty. Okay? So, that is Jehovah Elohim. Now, our next one we are going to get to is El Bethel. Okay? El Bethel. Like, L-E-L. Then, Bethel. Now, El Bethel means God of the house of God. Now we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 35, verse 7. Now, most people may be familiar with this because this is when Jacob built an an altar for the Lord. And in Genesis 35, verse 7, it says, Jacob built an altar there and called the place El Bethel because it was there that God had revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Now, Bethel, like I said, was the place where Jacob built his altar because he met Jesus there. And we have to know what a temple is because most people, you guys know what a temple is. Now, a temple is a house of worship. People would burn peace offerings and many other offerings to the Lord at the temple. So, a temple was a house of worship. It was a house of the Lord. And, you know, the, the name El Bethel means God of the house of God. So, it's describing a temple here. Because we see in Genesis 35, 7, it's Jacob building an altar. It, yeah, Jacob builds an altar and calls it El Bethel. Because it was that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. So, like I said, a temple is like a house of worship, and El Bethel is the God of house, God of the house of God. So it's connected there, basically. And like I said, Jacob experienced God in Bethel, because Bethel is a place. So that's why it was called El Bethel, house God of the house of God, because there was where. Jacob met and experienced God. You get it? Okay. Okay, so now let us get into our next one, which is Jehovah El Emet. Emeth, Emeth, yes. So Jehovah El Emeth, Emeth is spelled E M E T H, and that means Lord God of Truth. Now, this is a big one. I need you to. To, to hear this up, okay? Now, I need you to turn your Bibles to Psalms 31, verse 5. Now, in this Psalms, this is a Psalms of David. And this is David's plea for protection. Now, in Psalms 31, 5, it says, I entrust my spirit into your hands. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. Now, that is in the um, New Living Translation. Now, in the She Read Bible, in Psalms 31, 5, it says, Into my hands I entrust my spirit. You have redeemed me, Lord God of truth. Now, something struck me 
when I read that verse. You know, this is a Psalms of David. This is David's plea for protection. You know, he's crying out to the Lord for protection. This is a Psalms of David. And he used a word that struck me was entrust my spirit into your hand. Now, I had to go back. So I was like, that word looks very, very familiar. And automatically, you know, it came to me that that same entrust my spirit Jesus said that on the cross. You remember when Jesus said that on the cross? He says, entrust my spirit. If you go back in Luke, if you go back in Luke 23, 46, it says, and Jesus called out with a loud voice saying, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. So, we can see that Psalms 31 5 which is a songs of david which is a plea for protection it's connected to luke chapter 23 verse 46 so there is a connection and i said that there must be or you must trust god and have full confidence that god will bring you out of your trouble as you see here in Psalms 31, this is David's plea for protection. And David had complete trust and confidence in God that, that the Lord will bring him out of his trouble. You know? Or David, in Psalms 31, had complete trust and confidence for refuge, a.k.a. protection, right? Now, like I said... Jesus said the same thing on the cross. He said the same thing. Entrust my spirit. When he was on the cross and he was about to give his last breath. You know, God, Jesus, sorry. Jesus, as he gave his last breath, he says, Lord, I entrust my spirit to you. Or some translation, I, I commit my spirit to you. You know, so because David had full trust that God will bring him out of his trouble, David said, and trust my spirit, which means kind of like give up my spirit or surrender. And Jesus did that same thing on the cross. You know, these little things you have to look at. So, you know, that entrust my spirit, you know. It's it's connected. You you see it there. You you literally see it there. And also one thing I would say before you continue is that even though if you read the Old Testament and does not have Jesus' name in it, does not mean Jesus is in it. For example, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, he proclaimed the Messiah. Isaiah was the one who proclaimed the Messiah. He said that the Messiah will come in a baby form from a virgin, which is Mary. 
and will be called Emmanuel. So, guys, just because in the Old Testament does not have Jesus' name in it, does not mean Jesus is in it. Because Jesus is sure enough in it. Another thing I would say is, if you see that Lord in the Bible is in all caps, like capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Jesus there. Okay, so those caps is Jesus. Now, if it's not in all caps, that's God. So these little things you have to look at. These are little Easter eggs you have to look at, you know. So that's what I have to say for Psalms 31. Now, our... Last and final one is a, a pretty lengthy one, okay? Now, this one is called El Hay. El Hay means the living God. Now, I'm going to turn to so many um, scriptures for this because last night when I was doing it, like, there was a lot of things for El Hay. So... The first one we're going to turn to is Joshua chapter 3, verse 10. Okay? So, Joshua chapter 3, verse 10. Now, it says, He said, you will know that the living God is among you. Now, first of all, we need some context on that. So, in that same quote, this was after when Joshua, well, this was after when Moses died. So Moses died and Aaron died. Also, if you know, if you read the Bible, you know how Aaron dies and how Moses died. So Moses died and now Joshua is in charge of the Israelites. So now Joshua, now it, um, Joshua gets gets in gets in vision from the Lord because this is now they're taking the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. Yes, they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was something that was very, very holy. Okay? This was something that was very, very holy. The priest was the one who is in charge of this Ark of the Covenant. Now, Joshua is telling the Israelites that the Lord is around us. And, you know, we have the Ark of the Covenant. You can't be near the Ark and all of these things, right? Because, like I said, the Ark of the Covenant was is very, very holy. And if anyone touched it they will surely die now like i said this was after when moses died and the israelites carried the ark of the covenant and joshua was in charge now also in this story like i said god is a living god and he is around all of us all the time right now in this story as well there was also an act 
of faith being played. Because if you read the whole of Joshua 3, like, let's actually turn there. Like, okay. Now, if you read, like, the whole of Joshua 3, I have it marked off. Like, as I am saying this, I have it marked off. So, the Lord was going to turn off the water so the Israelites can cross over. Now, you want to know, come on, like, why you did that? God did this as an act of faith, and this was a way to tell Israel that God is alive and is around them, you know? So, this was definitely an act of faith. If, after this podcast, read the whole of chapter 3, um, where it says crossing the Jordan, I made some notes and I highlighted it in my Bible, but this was a way of God for telling the people that he is alive. Listen, El Hey. What does El Hey mean? El Hey means the living God. This was a way to show the Israelites that God is alive. He wanted to display to Israel that God is a living God. El Hey. That God is a living God. Okay, now the next one we're going to go to is Daniel. So we're going to turn to Daniel chapter 3, verse 26. Now, this is a very familiar passage as well. Daniel chapter 3, verse 26 actually records the time when Nebuchadnezzar put um, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Now, most people, they, they have trouble saying that. And Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. So, Nebuchadnezzar at that time was the king. And um, because Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego didn't want to bow down to the king, Nebuchadnezzar got furious. Like, he was angry. Nebuchadnezzar was angry because they didn't bow down to him and they really stuck their ground. You know, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they stuck their ground and they said that they're only going to bow down to the Lord and nobody else. And this was the time when Nebuchadnezzar put um, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace now if you turn like i said to daniel chapter 3 verse 26 it says nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called shadrach meshach and abednego you served you servants of the most high god come out so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. Now, you want to know, well, most people like, okay, you know why Nebuchadnezzar called them out? Because he saw, because it was three men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. 
but he saw a fourth one and the fourth one was an angel because those men had so much faith an angel was with them oh 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 oh, oh. you you hear what what that kind of refers me back to I'll tell you, but Nebuchadnezzar was amazed that all three men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, was not burning and was shocked and they were unharmed. And that an angel of God was with the men and God was around Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and they had faith and believed in the living God. You see how faith does? Because those men decided not to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar because they said they're only going to bow down to God. And they had complete faith. Even though they went into the fiery hot furnace, they was unharmed. They was, there was no scar on them because God was around those men. God was around Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego because of their faith. And because they had trust and complete faith, those men was unharmed. And that was how Nebuchadnezzar saw the angel. And that was how Nebuchadnezzar was completely in shock. Now, what does that remind you of? What does that remind you of? I hope it takes a bell because I already have it. And this kind of takes me back to Psalms 91. <laughs> Literally, it like, l- let us turn back. You know, I absolutely love Psalms 91. And, um, you know, it's going to give me some time to turn to Psalm 91. But as I am turning to Psalms 91, um, like I said, those men had faith. And um, you see how faith plays a big part. You know, faith is definitely important. Now, let me go through it now. Okay. Boom. So if you turn to Psalms 91, you know, at the end of Psalms 91, it says, Because he has his heart set on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Also, also if you go to which is the most important one I want to get to is verse 9 to 13 of Psalms 91. It says, Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high your dwelling place, no harm will come near you, no plague will come near your tent, for he will give his angels orders concerning to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands, so you won't strike your foot against a stone and you will dread on lions and cobras. You will trample on young lions and serpents. So like I said, because faith was on those men, because those three men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego had faith, those men were unharmed and 
God was around them, and that connects to El Hay, which means the living God. Now, okay, we got that one down. Now, the third one, like I said, there are three scriptures I want to get to, which I'm going to make this one quick. Is Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 36. So, turn to Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 36. Now it says, But no longer refer to the burden of the Lord, for each man's word becomes his burdens, and you pervert the words of the living God, the Lord of um, armies of God. Now, in this passage, if you read the whole of Jeremiah 23:36, there was false prophets saying the burden of the Lord. Now, I'm going to explain something about false prophets. Now, you have a lot of false prophets out there, and you have to be careful. You know, not everyone is going to be preaching on the word of God. You have a lot of false prophets out there, and people are being deceived, okay? This is what the devil wants. The devil wants people to be deceived. He wants people to be tricked. Like, that is what the devil wants. And you have a lot of false prophets that don't preach the word of God. That don't preach the word of God. Now, at this point, God is telling false prophets to stop using the burden of the Lord. Because it directly says in Jeremiah 23, 36, it says, But no longer refers to the burden of the Lord, for each man's word becomes his burden. And you pervert the words of the living God, which means you twist the words of the living God. And also, let me explain this. The devil likes to twist the word of God. The devil likes to twist the word of God in order to deceive people. In order to trick people. Because that is what he wants. He did it with Eve. He did it with Eve in the garden. That is what the devil wants. He wants to trick people. And it says it right here. In verse 36 of Jeremiah 23. And you pervert the words of the living God. The Lord of armies of God. So people will twist the words of God. And will make it their own. Like you see people out here. Will sin. And will take the Bible. And because they know it's a sin and they know it's wrong, they will take the Bible, take a scripture, make it their own, and says that their sin that they did was right. That you have to be careful of. Because I see a lot of people doing that. Like, for example... They will say that the Bible says that slavery is good, which no, no, no. The Bible says that slavery is not good. You see how people would deceive others? 
That's a trick. So, people would literally twist the Bible, twist the words of the living God. Twist the words of God and would make it their own in order to deceive and trick people. You know, you have a lot of false prophets and you have to be careful out here because you have people that can be preaching the word of God, but are not preaching the word of God. And to know if somebody is a real preacher and somebody who's really preaching the word is if they preach it and then somebody else kind of says the same thing. Yes, like, you have to be careful. You literally have to be careful. But anyway, that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed this little preaching session. And I'm going to end it off here. Okay, everyone, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. This was the Names of God Part 2. Um, now, will there be a Part 3? I'm still debating on it. Um, there might be a Part 3. I will have to see. I literally stood up until, like... 10 o'clock at night, I did my notes at around 8, and it finished me until 10. So that's how, like, how long I spent on these notes last night. So most likely, yeah, I, I, may, I may do a new part 3, but I have some exciting news because I am thinking about... Doing one that most people don't touch base on, which is a chapter in the Bible that most people do not touch base on, and that is Song of Solomon. Yes, you heard that right, Song of Solomon. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about Song of Solomon because they think, because Song of Solomon introduced you into sex but this is something that people need to be talking about because I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to give it away, but I want to give it away. You know, God created sex and, you know, most people don't talk about Song of Solomon. So, yes, I will be preaching on Song of Solomon. So, um, will it be a series? I'm, I'm really thinking about it. Um, I may just do, like, one part piece by piece and, like, give you guys it. Yeah. It's gonna be, you, you, I promise. Because I feel like people don't talk about Song of Solomon. And people get cringe when they read it. But listen, this is what God created. Like I said, God created sex. And people... Like, I wish people would not be so cringy when reading Song of Solomon. But yes, we will be, I will be doing Song of Solomon. Um, but I'm so excited. I'm excited for every single chapter in the Bible. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. And hope you guys have an amazing and blessed day.